it ended. That show that you clearly, if you listen to this podcast, you know, Raph and I don't make a lot of Game of Thrones jokes, but we're putting it right in the Bren Sparrows and taking over. I saw, I think, what was the last episode. I'm not a thousand percent sure what happened, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. The show's fighting way easier outside of the cage, plus a little simpler, even in a complicated decision. At least I know who's in charge at the end. Rap, how are you doing? How much Game of Thrones have you watched per capita? Because I think I've watched more between the two of us. Oh, definitely more. I've watched very little. And it's because I have very little patience for fantasy so it's not like i can't recognize <laughs> it's not super good at what it is there's a lot of I people just... that are just like oh that's why raf doesn't have joy got it all right <laughs> took us a while but finger on the pulse now well it's just like when people are like you gotta watch firefly it's so amazing and i go <laughs> hold on no this is nothing <laughs> this was no more it's just i understand i don't, don't conflate the like... firefly nerds who are vast and i agree with you loud you're loud about firefly those of you the two out of ten oh. listening to this podcast but this was Game of Thrones. This was. Much I just want larger. you to understand there are some people who heard that Firefly reference and have already canceled their subscription to our podcast. So or, I'm sorry for that. Or texted five friends, you got to listen. They talked about Firefly. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. <laughs> One of them is The mutiny is rising. <laughs> Today we will rise. The people who never watched Firefly. Can I no. just say I was in on the early Game of Thrones for Darthraki reasons. They fought yeah. like what I felt like a cool tribal jujitsu world would be like. <laughs> it felt very MMA-ish. And those those people brought the, the painful noise. But that was back in the day before. That was season one. Season five, they have like, cannons. By season... Well, this was season five or six. Oh, damn. There's people screaming at their radio right now, screaming in their car. Season five, you asshole. Season <laughs> five, episode six. Some of them were 85 minutes. All right. I count that as 1.25. So it's a hard number to come across by the end of the season. But did you ever watch those, Raph, the one-on-one -on -one fights with the Darth Rackies where at a wedding, they someone would die? Mm-hmm. Cool. I was just, I don't know, I'm not interested in it. And I would look at it and I would tell people I'm very happy and excited for you. And they go, how can you not love this? And I go, because I like real good shows, not like this fake, uh, dumb nonsense. And it's I, funny I to me because. I was so hoping you were going to be like, I get every ounce of this from the WWE. Because you went a whole different direction. You were so assaulting towards yeah no rap only believes in the purity of the game no, I everybody bring that because we've had people who are there's a interesting theory that you people got WWE. they floated out well they floated out this thing and wwe fans and there's crossover tons because it's a very popular show i know like 18 million people were tuning in so i understand <sighs> i don't want to ruin your joy i i love the fact that we you love something did. we didn't i'm know just <laughs> I'm just really making it clear that the entire time it was on, it's not like I didn't try to enjoy it or I didn't try to watch it or give it a shot. I just said, it's not me. And instead of me just being able to live a life where you say, that's fine, you have tons and thousands of nerds who try to like make you feel bad. And see, this is the culture that then perpetuates where they sign one million people to – a petition that says they should reshoot the eighth season, which tells me I have a message for one million people. 
Y'all find suck. a hobby. Like get into grappling for fuck's sake. Don't sign this type of petition. But it, the reason why I get so angry about people saying you should reshoot the season, I was like, it, isn't this giving you so much joy? Isn't this? Raph, do you hear that hmm. phone ringing? That's the Game of Thrones writer's staff. They want you to help them craft season 5.2. Oh, God. How interested are you now? How caught up from 0 to 60? How quickly let me, are you watching Let me also point episode? this out because I'm also pissed about this. I was ready to just go, and we're done. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we have prequels now? Fuck off. Uh, all right. So they're going to fucking hobbit the shit out of this nonsense, which, again, did not watch. Watch Lord of the Rings. I said I was good. And this is HBO. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's an audience here. We're not going to lose this audience. Every show they've ever had is on the piggyback of another show. The Wire is what makes The Sopranos. Oh, but here's why. And Oz are a product of, I, I don't know exactly. Well, let me let me just point this out. The thing that makes me laugh is, so the, the pro wrestling analogy that you put forth was. Oh, that was pro, a direct shot up the bow. I know. But the pro wrestling community handed out and extended an olive branch to the Game of Thrones fans who were complaining okay. about season eight. Is it and one they of said, them? Uh, didn't, don't they have a wrestler? Don't they have a pro wrestler, like a famous one? Yeah, I thought so. I don't know. Anyway, so they said, <laughs> hey, guys, you should really understand we hear you complaining that you love something and it's just not paying off for you because you don't like the storylines because we're pro wrestling fans and that happens. Every once in a while you get storylines that you go, "Ugh, I guess I'm watching Raw, but I'm just not into whatever Vince is doing this week. So they, they tried to say, hey, we understand. We feel your pain. I look at it and I said, y'all, as somebody who creates and does work in entertainment, I get excited when they have good numbers. I get excited for those teams. I love hearing people get excited about TV. Um, I think spoiler culture is very weird and strange, so I don't totally buy into that. I think if you actually have a product that's good, it shouldn't matter if you know the ending or not. You're not a child. You should be able to hear it and be like, no, oh my God, my whole experience is ruined. It's like, no, for me, I want to see how they got there. If you didn't think that Bruce Willis died at the end of The Sixth Sense, then you just aren't paying attention. So there are certain things that you're dumb for. But anyway, I just thought, how could you get so mad at something that's supposed to make you so happy? And all these people being like, no, I just don't like the way it's ending. Well, fuck off then. Plus, I saw the major episode that everyone's pissed about. It's like, that's... That's just basic warfare. I mean, you're not you're not really following the show if you all of a sudden like that was too much death. Like, are where are we? <laughs> That's what the show's known for. That nudity, which has been lacking this season, I'll say. Yes, that. yes, and that also is a very strong ability to communicate as somebody who produces and writes and likes to think they're creative when they're like, well, let's just make someone fucking nude. I'm not trying to draw parallels, Raph, but everyone loved the show when there was a lot of nudity. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, what is this POS? It's like, wow. What do breasts (laughs) do for a show? That's I I so badly want to do Baywatch on Showtime. I just need the... (laughs) I need the creative outlet to get people to green light it. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. It's going to be better there's than fornication. <laughs> it's going to be great. There's definitely a PA on set being like, I thought we were on HBO. Raph, 
Did you mm-hmm. watch Baywatch growing up? Yeah. We're just going to sidetrack. So you and I, like, we're, we're together on this. The Rocks version sucked. It had, like, way too much I didn't even plot. see it. Mm-mm. Good. It was terrible. Zac Efron hates, like, he's a saboteur. And there's a way to do that right. That show should be about saving people in the ocean and having party sex at night. I don't know why it was about <laughs> anything else. But there is two clear things. Like, by the end of that show, they become nighttime detectives. Like, let's right. get into that. Like, come on. They watch people riding jet skis, baby. <laughs> there is... David Duchovny got away with us. We can uh, we, well Hasselhoff. I want to make sure that you understand. In no, my I'm talking brain. about Californication. Okay, making sure. I want to make sure you keep your David straight. I know we, exactly. We, and if Hasselhoff's available, <laughs> I mean, I don't see why to recast. Come on back, Mitch. Say all these things. It makes me imagine you going to a pitch meeting with a briefcase, and then when you open the briefcase, it's merely just two papers. You pull it out like you've got a whole bunch of research and you just go night party sex. Close briefcase. <laughs> that really will conclude my presentation. Are Is this a go? Are we making this? Well, the only chance I'm going to be in that meeting is if you and I wrote something. They were like, we want to talk more about your ideas. <laughs> so can't wait to see your face when I crack well, open that briefcase. And I'm like, I want to redo Baywatch <laughs> Pornish style. I need you to hear me. It's going to be gripping. We're going to get the guy who did John Wick to shoot a few episodes. <laughs> and I just see their faces. And it's like, well, we kind of brought you in to pitch daytime talk show ideas. It's like, yeah, but I thought this was worth interrupting the meeting for. So that'll be fun. I think it's going to be like when Homer Simpson has the ability to make a car for his brother. And... Herb allows him to kind of just sketch out his dream car and it costs Herb his entire fortune and his career. That would kind of be anything along the lines where I'd be like, Kev, you really got the idea and you go, Raph, I'm going to crush this. Ladies and gentlemen, party night sex, Baywatch, gritty reboot, maybe Pam Anderson, but does she have daughters? I'll keep you posted. Who says yes? (laughs) Yasmin Bleeth. We'll see if Matthew oh. Perry's available to do a scene with her. People are going to be like, they got the fucking Friends fantasy. It's like, yes, we did. That's so magical. Yeah. So you would say that. They'd I'm look at me. Meeting, I, I think. I'd look at you. I'd say something to the effect of, Kev, Kev, did we, we didn't go over this. Could you like throw that by me next time I bring you into the pitch meeting at ABC Disney? That'd be great. <laughs> Can I tell you, okay, this this side conversation went in, somewhere entirely different. I, I, I was I can pivot I, towards Jordan Burroughs. We can, we can. I just want to tell you where my I'm original ready. joke was. So when you said, hey, Raph, how are you doing? Just to take us all the way back, I guess, to the show. This is how I imagined I was going to respond, at least in my head, before we went a completely different way. It was going to be... And uh, Raph, how are you doing? And I was going to go, oh, sorry, that's my uh, app from ESPN saying Game of Thrones update. Uh, And it just reads, nerds get a life. So that was going to be the short way I was going to address Game of Thrones. And then we had to put me on trial. But Jordan Burroughs, considering MMA transition after the 2020 Olympics, we'll tell you what we think about it after we make a quick plug. 
Because we're worried about your hips. We are. We're worried about what you're wearing when you go training. We're worried you're not getting the full you. You need to head to northsouthjujitsu.com. Get the gear that makes the full you. They have great deals on shipping in the U.S., Canada. Northsouthjujitsu.com. You're going to love the way they hug. Order it like a gi. Get that stuff. I wear mine. I have this knee pad set up because I'm, I'm dressed like I'm Steph Curry and I use nothing mm. but NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Keeps me safe, keeps me sound. NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. <laughs> Raph, Jordan Burroughs, considering MMA transition after the 2020 Olympics. Will there still be a U.S. of A? And what say you to this news? Is this too early to get excited? Or are we waiting for him to like see him sparring? I don't know. You're You're more of a pessimist about this because i was ready to get like a burroughs ufc lightweight title your thoughts there's a lot to digest here because i want him to do well at the olympics so i would like to see that yeah i would like him to focus on that but also mma be hard y'all i don't know if we all forget that at some times and punching people as denoted from this past weekend uh several times actually R.I.P. Sage. It, it reminds oh. us that bad things can happen to people, even with the best of intentions. And I want to go ahead and clear something up, Kevin, because I watched the one FC. I tried not to watch Gary. I actually tried to sleep through it. And my dumb reporter body woke itself up and took me over to the TV. I had no control over it. It said, you will report on this. And I was like, I don't want to. It's so goddamn early. But. I saw Gary win, and he thankfully made it happen in just 33 seconds, which is longer than he normally lasts in other things. But I was very pleased to see that happen. I thought, this man's going to get a purple belt in MMA who's going to try and pull to X-Guard killed. But that's a different story. A little bit later in the telecast, they said, We've got Sage Northcutt making his – oh, he's dead now? Well, <laughs> oh, that was fun. Uh, I saw the surgery photo. It doesn't. He doesn't look great. No. Did you see the knockout though? No. Okay. So first off, I, they I didn't just – I refused to watch it after I saw it. Ooh, no. I think you have to. I think you have to see it through now. I'll find it for you in a second. But I want you to know that when they brought him in – you can't really accuse one FC of not giving him like uh, or giving I'm him looking, a. By the way, I even have okay. That. I I have the one FC app, so if they're listening, you're welcome for the free sponsorship here. There well, no I would like to point to something out on this because we're entering a new era of. How do I see this? Because I had to sign up. I was watching it on the one app, and then it, I think for the main card said. Hey, that's cool. Can you sign up for the Bleacher Report live? And I said, I don't want to. Do I have to? And they, yeah, yeah, you, you kind of do. And it was just a real big nuisance because they're going to be using that as an additional paywall string. You know why so, I already had uh, it? Just as where? a heads up because of that whole Tiger versus Phil match. No, oh, did you watch it off of that? Fuck yeah. Did you have to pay for it? Not technically, only because they refunded everyone but I might have almost had to pay for it. Why? Why would you pay for that? Because I... 
we were having a family thing back in Kansas. Oh, I don't need to explain. God. I don't need to explain myself to you. We I just I'm fun. trying to get some market research. I'm trying to understand why people would pay to watch people golf. Uh, this wasn't people golfing, Raph. It was Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. That's this great. This was the people golfing. And hey, you know would what's you pay great to watch it? Anderson Silva's spar with George's St. Pierre? Maybe. I might find that interesting. Yeah, because those two are playing a sport. They're not going around playing putt-putt together. Ouch. No. I hear Get out of I here. I see what you're doing already. It's No, I, I want to let people so know nice. I'm right. And I think it is fair to give people who golf shit. And if you are golfing right now, I commend you on your recreational activity but you know what your ultimate frisbee would not render me to give up 14.99 to watch you do that kevin as you were saying is ouch with the (laughs) ouch with the frisbee golf reference because you just like insulted something i love and it was on the back of something else i love Gary Tonin fought on this card. Jordan Burroughs did not. We're excited to see his debut, but we'll talk after the 2020 Olympics. His fight was much shorter than everyone else's. He was, okay, can I tell you, I didn't know he was fighting. Yeah, I know. What did everyone know he was fighting? Am I in the alone dark here or? Uh, No, no. Was Was this not quick? Yeah. Because yeah. he's just like, I am not going to fly back to Asia to fight again. We are going to do another one before I leave. Do you remember when he came on the show and he was all coy and he's like, oh, man, I might have another fight, but I can't say when. And we go, well, how far out would you be looking? And he goes, I don't know. It could be maybe in like six weeks. And we go, so it's that close and you can't say who it is? He goes, mm-mm. He did that again, so he won his last fight. Oh, Sage. Oh, Sagers. So he won his last fight, and I interviewed him about a month and a half ago, and he had one of those moments again. He goes, I can't say where or when, but he did leave a clue. He said, if you guys know when I'll be back in Asia for the best seminar in the universe, as per Gordon's words – then know that maybe that might be a good time. Wink. But he couldn't say who his opponent was. And the one thing he said going into this, which I actually found very, very uh, comforting, is the era of Gary trying to show us he's a martial artist in every way, a.k.a. the drop kicks, a.k.a. all of the wonderful whimsy that comes along with stand-up and punch kick. Gary's like, no, I'm just trying to go home now. Like, I'm just trying to show I'm a dominant grappler who can grapple box with you. And whoa, was he right? Because that happened in 33 seconds. And it was amazing. I do want to comment on two things. One, he walked out to Jukebox Hero. And he was doing the thing where he was lip syncing along with it. But, Kev, there was also an element of watching it that early where they do have a high production value. Their walkouts are amazing there. But it did look like he was the ninth member of BTS. Fantastic. They put a lot of work into that. That's not a by accident situation. And Gary knows exactly what it's all he ever wanted. I don't think they do that one. Um, 
bop, bop, bop. Nope, nope. Uh, still, still the ones you grew up with, sir. Shit. Um, step also, by step. <laughs> wow, Gary. That, I think that's your sister's version. I, I was transitioning. I, I, well, I've seen New Kids on the Block, but she did see them more recently than I did. So you're not far <laughs> off. And and she had the T-shirt, the purple one. They are. Gary won his fight by decisive heel hook as I would call yes. it. Decisive is the only way to put it. Ouch, heel hook. Because the customers on that broadcast, that's my new way of talking about broadcasters. I'm going to call them customers. Okay. <clears throat> were skilled enough to know that was one violent MFing heel hook that he placed upon his opponent. Yes. Is he only fighting non-grappling I hate to be this stereotypical Asians. I mean, again, oh. has not. Well, there are there are Americans and English people and Australians that fight for one FC. Hawaiians, as I have rolled with, Gary doesn't seem to be fighting any of them. He's only he's only fighting people from Korea, uh, China, Japan, and Japan. Yes, and I want to say from a very racist standpoint, Kevin. That could be one way that you look at it. It does look like Gary is being sent over for some additional World War II uh, reconciliation, I guess, if you would. I just I want you guys to understand that Gary, yes, is fighting a number of Asian people. I thought the last two, though, were not Asian. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, I just sent you over the photos of what it looked like with the setup because it is pretty impressive. Uh, the spectacle that they put together. Oh, like that's true. He did fight. Never mind. His last fighter, John Asian. That's my bad. As you as you were like, I was like, oh my god, I forgot about his last fight. Yeah, you're right. I just wanted to make sure you heard how you sounded like. No, but it is helpful to just like hear it, acknowledge welcome. it, admit it right off. Oh my god, he does look like a boy band audition tape right here. Yeah. Holy it's shit. almost vaguely because those two guys on the side of him in the photo I sent you, it's when the lights bop, are out and it's shadowy. Bop, bop, bop. It looks a little bit like the security guards are other members of Charlie's Angels who were not given instructions on how to pose. So it, it's a little strange. Anyway, fight's great. Gary says he's hungry for more. Apparently calls out Crone again, but that can't happen. Crazy. Uh, but then he said he it was a joining resu- a different fighting organization. No, Didn't I think Kron he's fight just in the UFC last result. Yes, and they're already looking for him to fight back in August out here in uh, the Stipe and uh, DC. Can you how difficult he is to book. Can you imagine like calling him? <laughs> I just there's certain jobs I don't envy. It's like the person's job it is to call Kron Gracie. It's like. Will you fight this organization? You know, I don't know, bro. I'll call you back. Uh, well, back, back. Crone, it's a little <laughs> bit more of like. I think with Crone, it's a little bit more of the sense of him saying like, hey, man, you're interrupting my skate. What do you want? We're just trying to get you a fight, dude. You haven't fought this in a really long time. Fucking Dana White. <laughs> it's been two years since we've spoke. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I got to get my skate on or else I'm not Kron. 
Bye. Um, all righty, Rue. So that to me, yes, you have, I think we got to, we might revisit booking Kron later. <laughs> that's got to be how it is, right? It's He's funny. super difficult to get, he keep interrupting his skates. Like we tried eight, we tried four, we tried noon. We've interrupted three of his skates. What? I'm on Sunset Boulevard. Leave me alone, uh, man. Oh. I just shredded this town like cheese. I'm out. Is that a yes? No. Oh, okay. And then you have to make the like little. Oh, I wonder if I have a noise I can make. Wait, let me see if I can make like a skating noise. Like, nah, it's not working. It's not nah, bad. That, but... That's a jar. Uh, just let you know, mason <laughs> jar. Did not work. Uh, if I had a pencil, I could make that lining, but I did not. So, tried, guys. Well, we have other. We do have other topics of discussion. Yes, yes. Mostly, there was some MMA fights, and one was finished with the podcast choke rap. Yes, let's talk about UFC Rochester because I saw Ken, most of them. I didn't it see was all really them. good. I did enjoy last night's series of fights. Oh, cool. Well, good. Let's talk about some of the things I saw. No, we, we can go top down. Dos Anjos, I thought he was losing that fight. He was. he was getting his ass kicked by Mr. Kevin Motown, Phenom Lee. And then, you know, the, it's something we worked on in Nogi today. That's my subtle plug that I'm back to grappling. Rafael Dos Anjos sunk in that beautiful choke of the podcast why is it the choke of the podcast i don't know why we both love it maybe because there's so little damage you can incur while attempting it and it's very safe and doesn't involve the knees helpful to recognize grappling (laughs) (laughs) but rafael dos años your namesake takes kevin lee deep in the fourth round of a fight i consider him losing do you agree sure. he was losing, and are we going to call that a comeback submission? Because that would have been a cool name for the podcast. <laughs> the first round, I thought, and I don't know how many of you thought this as well, man, Los Angeles just looks a little slow. He was in the fight. Yeah. But Motown was definitely making him look a little foolish. Second round, Okay, fine. Third round. That's what I thought he had put in his contract. I know I would if I was fighting somebody who was a young prospect. I would say, yeah, that's cool. Five rounds, cool. Can I show up in the third round? They're like, how does that work? Oh, we fight somebody else's first two and then I show up in the third round. It's because I'm older. And they go, oh, you, you can't. You can't. Do you want like a stuntman? Are you asking for that? Yeah, kind of. If we can make that happen, that'd be great. Because that's what it looked like. It looked like Dos Anjos goes, oh, I don't want to do the first round with this guy. And they go, hey, man, you got to get back out there. And you got to, oh, he's fast. Hold on. Leave me alone. I'll show up in the third. And by the time we got, I think the fight finished in the fourth, right? Is that what you're saying? Fourth with at three minutes and 47 <laughs> seconds. Now, this is where it got interesting because Deep I thought that. In the fourth, Dos, I guess, is the point. Dos Anjos was. Doing a good job of now recognizing, like, okay, maybe he can't fully force the takedown, but he can force the momentum to counter and work with that. And there was a beautiful moment where he took advantage of Motown being so exhausted trying to get a takedown 
that once he was able to get him to turtle and just start like attacking him from there, I thought, yeah, he's probably going to finish it. And you know that Kevin had tried to fight out of that RR arm triangle like at least two or three times. But when he tried to push that elbow against the head and like was literally trying to give himself a little leverage, you could see him just going like, dude, it's not going to happen. And that's three losses in a row for him. It's unfortunate, Been but there, by the uh, not the yeah. three losses in a row at a high level. The hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> yeah, and I've I mean, come to speak with you again. But let's also be very clear: you and I have never had to punch people and kick people, nope. and we were never in the middle of a fourth round. That so <laughs> that's just us without all that shit. So I, I, I do understand. Very different level, especially with somebody like uh, Dos Anjos. But and anyway, very impressive. Kevin put the punch on him. Mm-hmm. Like, really put a few numbers on the bell. That's not Can I say, also put something way. out there that I think is really important and how I viewed part of this fight? Yeah. Which is, um, I don't like Dos Anjos's facial hair. It, he did look like a Disney villain. He really does. Just he looked don't like, like it. several people Antonio Banderas has voiced <laughs> in the Disney community. He looked like mm-hmm. that person come to life. It's kind of like they said, get me Jafar, but if he fought MMA and really wasn't into this whole genie thing. So, yeah. But can work? I, I, w- I do want to do a quick Dos Anjos brag. 40 fights. That's a lot of fights. That's a yes. significant amount of fights. And this is a Brazilian, so who knows what his pre-UFC record is. It could be, it could be 60 fights. <laughs> it could be a lot more fights that we're, that we're even potentially privy to. So that's just some fights. Yeah. On to people Gary Tonin have gotten their ass kicked by. Mm. Toe face. Shoe face? Toe face, yes. Just the same. <laughs> Shoe face um, also had a a fight. It was a little well, he tough lost. for him. But he... Unlike yeah. Gary Tonin, who's significantly lighter. Yeah, do you ever look back at that match and go, how did that happen? No, it makes perfect sense for where Gary was. Well, at the time, it was a replacement, but I remembered looking at it and going, eh, all right, if you guys say so. I don't hate this. We were in. I actually recall, because we were like, he might be able to beat him, but he got his back. That's what fucked him. Like, you're not going to be able to keep him from squashing your lip. He's just much larger and might be very good at this, except lost via decision. Yes, and the dude has a great story to him himself. They said no less than five times it should be a movie. I thought they said it was going to be a movie. And my wife looked at me and said, huh? I go, yeah, apparently. And I think later in the night they go, no, should be a movie. I go, pick one. I don't know which one to believe because I don't know that that much about him. I've seen him fight before. I know he's had a little bit of a troubled past, but in this day and age in the UFC, who hasn't? No, no lie. Well, I'm going to shift into next gear on these fights. Anderson mm-hmm. versus Spencer. Spencer wins via submission. Rear naked choke. I did not see this one. 
Oh man, super good. So just to kind of give you guys an idea, at one point I did text Kevin because I knew he wasn't able to watch live and I just said, yo, I'm loving these fights. There were only, what is this? One, two, three, three decisions on this whole thing. We were talking like at the very beginning of the night, we had sick knockouts. Two different knee variations of kind of flying and jumping and hitting you and knocking you out. Uh, we had submissions. So the submission in question here was one that they were building up between Felicia Spencer and Megan Anderson. And they said, well, it's in the featherweight division. So, you know, we're trying to find people for that. But uh, here are two people who have storied careers and who should be fighting. So let's see. Oh, she fucked her up. Felicia Spencer got a rear naked choke. And Megan Anderson and her uh, very, very nicely uh, were very respectful to each other. So that was dope to see. Kev, when I say there was a lot of fun stuff. I do want to kind of go on the subtler side of things and give a shout out to Davi Ramos, who did come away with a win. I was hoping to see him get a submission. He was definitely uh, taking Austin Hubbard's back a couple times. Uh, but then he was very apologetic. And this is how weird the crowd was. They were kind of like not into it, almost booing him like it was a boring fight. These people were very lucky in Rochester. There were so many fucking good moments. There were so many like the UFC machine shared three or four of these finishes just because of how happy they were. So they're that. I also want to give a shout out to Charles Oliveira who defeated Nick Lenz, which I mean, just some brutal oh, knockouts. I saw that. Yeah. And, uh, and Luke too. These mm-hmm. were similar. It was just like lights out. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Ooh. Punches, kicks, those fights were both brutal. Yeah. And so Davi mm-hmm. Ramos mm-hmm. fought to round out our lovely discussion. I can't believe we're just cruising right through. We are crushing this. Together. Yes. I'm just going to give us a well, quick podcast knowledge. If you're enjoying it, five stars on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Come on over, check out more, follow us on the social medias, tell a friend. There are so many ways to support this podcast, but none more so than watching Davi Ramos, who was my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu crush, by the way. <laughs> I saw some pictures. This was early days. He was a black belt that could python around people. That was an amazing fight because Hubbard was able to survive his BS, which is impressive. Yeah. And when I say these things, though, Kevin, uh, this is... I don't know that you saw this, but I want you to just get a look at how beautiful this moment was. And I'm going to talk you through why it was so unique to me from my perspective, because I had a moment where I said, holy Whoa, what was that? Why did he hit him so hard? I don't know. Who was that? Um, I'm trying to remember his name, so Roberts give me a second. versus Pereira. Yes, thank you. It is Pereira. Uh, Mike Pereira. Okay, so here was my concern with this fight going in. My concern was that Mike was walking into the cage. I think this was his UFC debut, and he was very emotional. And we're talking, like, right outside the cage, 
tears are happening. He had to do the whole Michael Jackson covering his face, pretend cry sort of a thing. So I just thought to myself, you know, they try to say take the emotion out of it before you enter the cage. But this man was putting it on. And I said, I don't know if this is going to hurt him or not. I hope he's going to be okay. And when he went out there, he's doing some capoeira kind of nonsense where he's flipping. He did a front axle kick. He's jumping off the cage. It was very, very surreal. And then when he connected with the knee, there was a collective moment of silence from the audience and then warm embrace. And I thought that was fantastic. So I was happy to be proven wrong on that one. Also, right back to the emotion after that. Final notes. Uh, well, let's discuss the fact that he wasn't the only one to kick somebody with a knee or knee somebody. Uh, Ed Herman also took out Patrick Cummins with a knee that he seemed to hobble. Like it was like kind of one of those like vaguely flying knees as well. And as he was hobbling, I just thought, are you okay, dude? Patrick but he was Cummins made famous by leaking some info about Daniel Cormier. And it's now, what a different fight. time we lived in years ago, Kevin. Got Remember a, got the a era big fight out of it. I mean, bless him for that. But I'll tell you this much. Uh, this is, if you want to see it and understand it, this was Ed Herman's knockout right here. It just was like a little bit ahead of the temple and just the stagger that Cummins does oh, after. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. That'll and ring the old boar bell. I think the last big one that I kind of wanted to talk about, and it's one that definitely – oh, credit, of course, to Zach Cummings as well, who got in a guillotine choke, who was also looking like he was gunning for a knockout. Didn't quite get it, but – um. I think this was Julio Ars or Julio Ars versus Julian Orosa, which, by the way, too similar of names, should not be fighting. But this KO, this head kick, made Orosa look like he looked around and was asking, did anybody get the name of the bus that hit me? Did you see it? Yeah, did you guys get it? So it was definitely very well deserved for Aspen Ladd and Sahara Eubanks, who took home fire of the night, and performances of the night to Michael Pereira and uh, Grant Dawson. So I would encourage you guys to go watch the highlights of that immediately. It was a good night of fights. I was I was very pleased for a low expectation night, if you would. So there's that. I also want to bring up, Kevin, as we switch over to a different topic, because I think it's important that we sometimes cover boxing. But similar to how Sage went out, there was a lot of really violent things that happened. And granted, Sage was very metal in putting up uh, his Terminator 2 scan, which uh, just cut to the core of me saying that his nose was broken that many times. He was supposed to be in for four hours of surgery, went in for eight, so... Uh, definitely hoping he comes around. And I do want to say this because there were some people who I think it was like Uriah Faber and some other people who were saying, I don't understand the shit this guy gets. He's such a positive kid. And there's this whole current thing that's making me laugh that Sage in the internet community 
has been seen as somebody who just discovered what racism is and that he tries to fight it. And that's like a recurring joke. I just think it's funny. It's super silly. I don't really think there's anything to that. But I love the fact that these people are so defensive and saying like, oh, I can't believe how much hate exists. I don't know that there's real hate for those kids. I'm not talking about the dumb internet trolls who say he shouldn't be fighting because the man he was fighting had a very storied, very storied kickboxing Muay Thai record where I was like, fuck, that's going to be a hard fight. And you could see it in Sage in the very first few seconds where he said, I don't know that I want to do this, man. Can I not do this, man? Please. So that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin was Wilder's fight in boxing, Kev, people were saying this fight shouldn't have happened. And I might be inclined to agree with them. Uh, of course, we don't always cover boxing, but when it happens in, you know, three seconds, it's kind of actually easy to cover it. So I sent you over the knockout and I want you to just tell me your reaction to I'm it. I'm watching. Oh, snap. Big overhand right. Puts him down like it's the Tyson video game that we all played. Mm-hmm. Punch out. Punch out. He punched out. That's brutal. This yeah. is a boxing match? It doesn't look right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, quote unquote, it definitely well, happened. Thank you for crossing genres. Yes, you're welcome. Anyway, you sent me some good shit tonight, though. I will say, punctual fight, like <laughs> nice feisty endings to things. If people were curious if there's a fun week turning into MMA, this is it. Boxing, whatever it is. And 1SC continuing to do their thing, which, um, you know, they're they're putting together some fun shows. I will say one thing about 1FC, and I hope they take this well. Get better talent than Gary Tonin. Amen. Definitely 100%. Book somebody talent. else, bros. <laughs> Tell Gary when he can announce a fight so that Kevin can understand wh- that he might actually be fighting. Because that is the weird part to consider it a little bit of a secret. Like, shh, don't tell anybody you're fighting until maybe the day before. So, um, also, I want to give uh, props to Gary. Uh, not for his fight win, that's whatever. But Gary went on a very big fat kid journey and actually narrated the different plates that he was putting together at a buffet. And it was it was fairly glorious. So um I'm actually more proud of him for his eating than I was for his heel hook. Plus we found out the tiny briefcase is just a molded metal, it appears. Yes. That they've now put around their necks. They no longer hold it like a tiny briefcase. I insist there was a tiny briefcase, but I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of a tiny mm-hmm. briefcase gate. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. brutal announcement to the verbal tab community. Tab, so, absolutely. Um, congratulations, of course, to Rashad Evans. And I don't know how much I believe this, but they keep doing this thing, Kevin, where when they announce that they're going to make it into the hall of fame for the UFC, they apparently aren't telling the people. I find that. I don't know if I want to say hard to believe, but maybe a stretch because Rashad Evans was out there 
and they made him go back even though he was doing commentary work at the desk uh, at the end of the night. And they said, hey, hey, sit down, sit down. He's like, okay, cool. And they put up this promotional package and he gets that look and they show his reactions and it's him going, hey, that's me. Man, that guy fights really well. Look at, do they say Hall of Fame? No, you're not going to do that, right? I can't. Mm, don't cry. <laughs> Ooh. And meanwhile, Usman's sitting right next to him and chronicling the whole thing on his Instagram. So there's no better moment than having somebody sitting next to you as you're going, oh, I'm trying not to cry at this. And your best friend going like, dude, he's totally crying. Everybody look at this. It's great. So I thought that was funny, but I just thought, can we just tell him ahead of time? Do we really have to pretend and do this whole facade? Because apparently Michael Bisping didn't know he was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame either when they did that to him. They sat him down in the exact same way. So n- rule number one, if they sit you down like that, it's pretty much meaning you're going to get inducted, uh, especially if you're retired. So there's that. Can we also send some bad news report, Kev? Disagree. I think they should keep doing it this way. Give oh. us those tears. Get us those tears. <laughs> In the bad news report, Tyron Woodley is out of his fight with Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I saw that. That was in the expected news report, I believe. Oh. I to file that under. Hot take. File that under expected news round. I guess I should have yelled it in that order, but I think I think people use use the second one. Cool. Good post yes. note that I'm not going to use. Not worth it. There mm. are certain fighters that don't make it to the fight a lot. Yes. Tyron Woodley's one of them, and you know who's second? Uh. Lawler. <laughs> so <laughs> if it wasn't this, it was going to be Lawler's ankle three weeks beforehand because he was working aggressive passes. Uh, I just don't even. I think that Lawler has retroactive injuries where one day he's doing absolutely nothing and then he just goes, Ow, my ankle. They both tend to take the whole fighting sequence like, uh, you know, I don't think people care enough about me yet. Yeah. Wait another cycle. Ouch. <sighs> Kev, BJ, <laughs> BJ Penn says that the no, desire to no, compete no, is still... Okay. Alright. I don't want to hear it. I, I, I speak on behalf do it. of the podcast. No, I appreciate your, your integrity as a journalist. <sighs> but... Come on, Beach man. <laughs> How do I say this politely? Stop fighting. Everybody. <laughs> I don't know if that, is that the nicest way to say it? I mean, it's, it's pretty... You're addressing what I think is the real concern, which is, please stop. Less violence and, might be helpful right now. I mean, are we really trying to go into a second decade where you don't have wins? Because that wouldn't be great. And I think it's different if you're showing good signs of fighting and there looks like you're still there, a.k.a. like every once in a while when we see from Diego Sanchez and you go, oh, you just earned three more fights on his punch card. Um, So, Raph, I've got one for you. What do President Obama and President Trump have in common? (laughs) I, I don't know. BJ Penn didn't win a fight in either presidency. Uh, Topical. I mean, Topical. He won during Obama's turn. If we're being shut up, Rav. Okay, <laughs> thank you. A good joke. 
<laughs> just you know, I mean, it's it's not bad. You could have said second term Obama, and I would have been like, you yeah, for the help. <sighs> what is anyway. Trump's first term? <laughs> <laughs> that Venn diagram. I would love to see Everybody the science team that brings them together. <laughs> <laughs> what do Ruth Bader Ginsburg last 10 decisions and her first 27 decisions have in common? You know, maybe the more you're just babbling on right now, it's making me start to wonder if we made Supreme Court justices actually do the judging for refereed fights in MMA. And I'd like to see how that would go. I want to see more statistics on C-SPAN. It's like voted 87 times to go fuck yourself when asked about public weed. Can we, maybe that's what we need. Do we need like a Supreme Court for uh, MMA where like these people come in and it's just a bunch of judges who wear I, robes and that's I how actually, you know that they're the judges? Can I tell you, I think MMA has had a substantial impact in football on the way they cover news events now because when they had... I don't remember who it was, the Comeys or whatever. The mm. senators and congresspeople's profiles read like fighters. It was like yep. staunchly against unconstitutional <laughs> intrusion. Says the buck stops here. B, is it interested in your Twitter comments? It's like, this is amazing. They've combined the best parts of the real world with uh, football, and they've thrown it in one of the things I love. Raph, any other fun topics you want to throw at the crew before I kick us out of here and send people on their week? I'm looking. I think I'm out of topics. But like, uh, you and Patrick Cummins, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, let me do a double check here. Yeah, no, I'm done. Well, you gave more checks than he did. You're pulling a real Zach No, Cummins. so mean. So mean. No. I really don't have a ton. Nope, I'm not even going to do it. Rep, I'm also what? back to training. That's great. Yay! Yeah. It hurts, but it's good. It's nice. It doesn't hurt like, say, having your appendix removed. That was slightly more painful. This is just fun. <laughs> People were like, you're injured? I was like, I mean, kind of. So it was like, so you, uh, what happened? I was like, I had my appendix removed. Because Jubera said something, and Will was like, hey, you're back. Oh, oh no. my God. And Will looked at me like, it, it was like sympathetic. Like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, sorry. I'm the weak kid. And uh, somebody was like, what happens? Like, I had an appendix taken. I was like, is that from Neon Belly? It was like, no. No. What? This isn't an injury. <laughs> All right. This was like, uh, well, this was an infection. Not, neon Belly is my favorite. Try to get, no, it wasn't Neon Belly. Hey, was that from Neon Belly? No. I'm asking for a friend because I've had no. what feels like a high grade fever and tremendous pain for a week. <laughs> so. I remember once my tum tum hurt and I didn't come to train that day. Yeah, kid, I've been out for a while. Yeah, that's not what happened here. So not good to be back, same. Raph. <laughs> wow. Um, well, that, I'm glad you're back. That'll do it for us tonight here at the Verbs Tap. I'm Kevin. Well, oh, did you want to do some shout-outs? Well, you did a shout-out. I didn't really like, – are you just taking away my shout-outs now? It wasn't that I was taking them away. I was waiting for you to be like, I have shout-outs, and you didn't say anything. 
Well, so kind of because I was very engrossed happen. in your story, I wanted to give you the floor. It kind of feels like free advertising on a platform that people are like, oh, what? you span continents for. And I'm just... And mine was mostly about a jovial story about someone thinking an appendicitis is caused by neon belly. Yeah, super worth it, by the way. Um, I want to make sure... Which is Kevin... not best I know. <laughs> that would suck because I'm like... I I ceased the floor and I was actively listening and I gave you a response <laughs> and I thought I could be as good of a partner as possible. And yet at the same point, you were like, all right, well, you know what? There can't possibly be anything more to do on this show at all. So good night, everybody. Um, yeah, let me do my shout outs very quickly then just to get it out of the way so that you're not impaired from the rest of your day. And we can send these people on their way to go mull other websites and talk about how much they hate Game of Thrones in the comment sections. I would like to thank this week uh, my good friend Israel, my good friend uh, Steve Briggs. We got some training in the past week, and uh, it was really, really good. I also got the ability to go train with my good friend uh, Freddie, who runs BJJ World. Uh, kids of beast man really really good training i was able to get in some vmac time so shout out to them shout out to the la jiu-jitsu club and shout out to valley martial arts center got in some good training out that way and thank you to everybody who was staying up with us and covering both rochester with us and one uh, fc it was a lot of fun and it looks like we're gonna have some more fun coming up because I think I'm going out to Worlds. I did not get credentialed, which is some bullshit, but I'm okay with it. But what I can tell you is, if you guys are going to Worlds this year, uh, I should be coming around and I'll probably be doing some recordings for Grappling Hour. And if you would like to share your jiu-jitsu story, I would love to do it because I just shared my 10-year anniversary of grappling. Now, really, it's, like, it's actually seven. But the first time I stepped foot in a training facility was 10 years ago. You can see that podcast and hear more about it at grapplinghour.com. And you guys can also check out an amazing interview I just did with Lachlan Giles, who answers the age-old question, Craig Jones? Uh, why? Amen. And that'll do it for me. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Here at Verbal Tap, I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. I want to give you your space. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate it. No, go ahead. It's fine. Just cut me off again. That's good. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...